and welcome everybody to this winning Wednesday edition, uh, hashtag catch wildfire of the heat ratio. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo at TCotillo23, joined as always with my co-host, John Coker at PGHJohn36. And we're going to get right into this on Sixers Talk because we're fresh, fresh off a Brad Stevens win against our Philadelphia 76ers last night, 117-101. What happened, man? Just let, Let's just get right into what, what what happened last night. There were two glaring things to me. I mean, one was Ben Simmons, and two was the difference in three-pointers. So what, that what, sums what, up the what's game Ben right Simmons? What, what? You know, from the minute that that game started, I'm watching it. I mean, you weren't even in double-digit scoring yet. And I don't know. He just kind of looked – I don't want to say lost, but I don't know. He just looked like overwhelmed, like he wasn't ready for the atmosphere, you know what I mean, in Boston. He wasn't ready for a tougher competition in the heat. I think them coming off of, you know, how many straight games, what, or you know what I mean, what was their record since like May, it's like since or March 29th or whatever, they were like 21-1, and one, yeah, you know what I mean? Phenomenal, I, I, phenomenal. I th- right, and I think there was just – hey, we're more talented and we could always come back and these two teams aren't that good and we'll be okay. And I don't know. I think they were a little bit shell-shocked. Or, you know, at least Ben Simmons was. No, um, you're you know, right. The turnovers. I mean, how many traveling calls did he get? And, you know, we talked about the turnovers coming into this game. I mean, there's something that they really needed to clean up. And they just, they just didn't look ready to play. Exactly. They just did not look ready to play. I don't know if it was everything just kind of culminating into the fact that it is the playoffs. It's a brighter spotlight. You know, you're going to Boston. You heard all the, the chatter. Um, you know, I, I and I hear people's take on on the radio being ridiculous. Now all of a sudden, you know, we're going to fire Brett Brown again over one game. I mean, people are so ridiculous sometimes. I mean, I know even myself included, I get a little over the top, but that's even way over something I would say. But – uh, listen, it's one game, and and, and again, we, didn't we go through this in the Boston in the uh, Miami series? Yep, we we had that game too, where the the Sixers shot like twenty three percent from three yep. point land. Miami turned back the clock with Dwayne Wade, and we both sat here on the show and said they won't shoot like that again. Exactly, and I think this is the same. I mean, you have Terry Rozier. Come oh. on. Really? So, Rozier, Horford, and Tatum combined for 83 of the 117 points. That's that, that's a big three. And then it's not – I mean, listen, I love Jason Tatum, and I think we're going to get into that talk a little bit later because I was a, a Tatum over Fultz guy. But um, did, did they let Terry Rozier dictate the game? That's well, it, it, that, No way, man. That, there's no way that can happen. Dictate the game. I mean, what they shoot, they shot 48 49% from three-point range. They were on another level. They were every time they were shooting. But you know what? I will say at the same time, so many of those shots were wide open. I mean, Al Horford standing at the Uh, top, there wasn't anybody within 20 feet of him. I don't, you know, I'm not saying that that needs to be fixed. I'm not saying that that, needs to be fixed. But there was a lot of times, same thing with, you know, Rozier. These guys were open taking threes. It wasn't even like a lot of them were contested. And on the opposite end, the Sixers are sprinting down the court. How many of those shots? They weren't even set. They're Listen, running full speed exactly. and like gliding and trying to pull it. You know what I mean? They it, they just did not look good. But I mean, you know, this was one game, and like I said, I saw the two things: Simmons turnovers, and he needs to get 
He needs to know, hey, look, you're playing with the big boys now. You know what I mean? You need to focus. You need to make sure you know what you're doing. He, I think he was also trying to get too cute with his passes. You know, he's always finding He kept open, losing the ball, man. Right. He, he, he was always finding the open guys, and now they were kind of – they were on him. You know, hey, what it's I mean? a learning experience. It but, is, but I mean, you do talk. I, I'm looking now. I mean, this is, this is definitely. This will not. I, I'll bet any amount of money this will not happen again. I mean, we're talking Al Horford, ten of twelve, eighty three percent from the field. It's all about Rozier, sixty one percent from the field, seventy eight percent from three point lane. Yep. This is not going to happen again. It's not going to happen. So well, and and the one thing I mean. It, Boston did it. You know what I mean? They scored it. Yes, they won't. But what cannot happen, the Sixers have lost two games, and in both of those games they shot under 20% from three-point range. That's and that is point. the difference. You take, you look at what they hit. The Boston hit 17 and we hit five, something like that. But, yeah, I, Boston hit 17 threes, Sixers got five. That's 36-point difference. On how they hit their threes versus ours. So yeah. when you when you talk about the final score being what the final score was, the tail of the game is the threes. You it know what is. I mean? And there's got to be, uh, you know, listen. And I, I, Brett Brown, you hear his press conferences, and and he specifically always says, "I want the guys to shoot." You know, a lot of people, you know, Covington, Covington's getting blasted today, uh, all over social media. He's getting, he was getting blasted yesterday. He was getting blasted the night of the game afterwards, but. The whole thing is, Brett Brown says, "I just keep shooting, just keep shooting." I understand that mentality, but there has to be a point where you need to dial it back, use your seven foot two big man down in the post, and start stopping the momentum. There has to be a timeout call to say, "Hey Dario, hey Robert, let's stop chalking up the three. Let's work the ball inside. Let's try the lane a little bit and slow this team down." And I feel like that never happens. I feel like that's one part of the game that always gets missed. And I and listen, it's not a knock on Brett Brown, a knock on anybody. I just think there has to be that time where you have to go play that style of basketball with the pieces that you actually have to be able to play that style of basketball. So if that three's not dropping, eventually you need to work out something different. They got to a point in the game, I think they were down eight. And it seemed like, okay, we're going to get back. And then Ilya Sova threw up an ill-advised three. Covington threw an ill-advised three. Uh, Dario threw up a, a terrible three. Next thing you know, they're down 14 again. Yep. Yeah, right. And, yeah, the, you, the shot's got to be there. Now, I mean, I do agree keep shooting to some extent. Because of course. But put to it an this extent. Way, right, right. I mean, you gotta you got to work it inside. And what usually what has happened, and B gets the ball inside, and he's dishing it out to the threes too. You know what I mean? And somebody eventually hits it. If Reddick heats up in the second half and goes four for six from three, if, you know what I mean, any of these guys, Covington heats up, it doesn't matter. If they can heat up in the second half, the problem is none of them did. I mean, not none. one of them. Not Every single three-point, like they just, none of them look like... What Embiid led it led the team in threes. I think he hit, didn't he hit two of the five yeah. that they hit. And, I mean, Embiid uh, played an unbelievable game. He did, he did. But going into this series, and you know, listen, it's well documented. You know, they don't have their all star players in Boston. We know that, right? We understand that. Okay, they also lost, you know, Jason Tatum for or not Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown for a couple games. But the one X factor we kept saying is Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is one of the top two coaches in my mind in the NBA, hands down. Um, you know, I know people may argue this. I still think Pavovich is number one. 
Uh, I'd take Brad Stevens number two. I think Brad Stevens is unbelievable. And it showed. He worked on what me and you, John, were talking for two weeks about. Okay? Deny the ball up top. Yep. They were so physical with Belladelli. They were so physical with Redick. Denying them that shot at the top of the three-point range where, you know, they come off that curl route and they couldn't. They didn't know what to do. They didn't get a clean shot. They didn't have any clean looks. They were flustered. They were turning the ball over because of it. It's a learning experience, yes, but be careful because Brad Stevens is a very, very good coach. And I did say that Brett Brown will be judged on what he does in the postseason. So I think he'll be judged on this game too. Uh, you know, how is he going to turn us around? How is he going to adjust? Because his offensive game plan has just showed it needs to change, especially in this series. So we're going to see how he works it. I hope he decides to go down to JoJo a lot more, open up that outside shot. You know, we talk about that. Work it down to work it back out. Work it down. Let that double team come. They are going to double team. They're not going to leave Al Horford one-on-one with Joel Embiid. It's not going to happen. So you're going to draw one of those guys in. You're going to draw Rozier in. You're going to draw a Marcus Smart in. That's what's going to happen. And then it's going to leave somebody open. We need to start doing that again. Yeah, I mean, it's tough that it was a game one to, you know, have this happen but I mean I think it's really going to kind of give them a kick in the rear and uh, you know realize that you got to clean up your game I mean they can do it and I still think this is going to be a very competitive series I was hoping the Sixers were going to come out and you know take game one and then you know kind of just flow through but I mean they're going to really have to come out you know in the next game and you're in Boston again you're down one you know I mean this is where a lot of times you need that veteran presence, you know what I mean? And they haven't really been pushed to adversity. You know, you look back, Embiid was out for a while, you know, earlier in the season. You know, then they go on this winning streak, even starting in January. I mean, basically, starting in January is when they just started crushing it. But they were never really hit with adversity or really needed to change their game plan or hone in on things. They're taking purely their skill and their talent, and they're just bringing it to the other team. So once you get hit with that adversity, it's all about how you come back. And hopefully they have enough veteran presence or enough tenacity. You know what I mean? We're tenacity. Well, we're, I like that. Look, I like that Simmons got to take some onus. I mean, hey, he's, he's a heck of a player. You know what I mean? He's, he's been averaging triple-double in the playoffs. But he needs to clean up his stuff. And, I mean, I know it's one of them guys, I mean, almost related to, like, the Barry Sanders. How many times would he get stopped for a five-yard yeah. loss but then he breaks out for his 200-yard games. You know what I mean? You got to just kind of play a little tighter. You know what I mean? Don't worry about making that next spectacular pass if it means that it could be a turnover. You know what, what I mean? What, well, that's the – but see, and, and that's going to be the, the flaw in Ben's game going forward until he develops that shot. Because everybody's going to say, okay, we're going we're gonna to knock off the passing lanes. We're going to cover your guy. There's going to be nobody for you to pass through. So you're going to have two options. Shoot or create your own shot, and that's something he cannot do right now. So he's a drive-and-go kind of guy or a pass guy. He's not a shooter. So Brad Stevens is going to try to turn him into a shooter. That's what he's going to do in this series. So it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from that. But just so uh, we got to talk. I mean, I know we keep talking about Ben, but JoJo, just his game, phenomenal. Okay, here's a guy. You, we, you can't talk enough about it. A guy who we didn't know was going to be able to play back-to-back games. A guy we didn't know was going to be able to play 30-plus minutes. And he gives you 35 minutes. He scores 31 points, 13 rebounds, 
five, six assists, hits a couple threes. This guy's a game changer. Yep. He is a, a, an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm saying, you know, feed him the ball. Listen, I like that Joe hit those threes. I get all that. But, Joe, I need you down low. Okay, Brett's got to call that timeout and say, Joe, we need to start feeding you because he is going to tear up anybody who is down in that lane. I'm telling you right now, Al Horford has nothing for Joel Embiid. Zero. Okay, and that's why he had so many points and was so successful on Monday night. But, you know, it's got to change a little bit. And I think in order to get over the top in this series, I don't think we need to hit the panic button. I still say no. the Sixers win five. I said it in the beginning. So I just didn't think they were going to lose game one. I thought they would lose game two. So it kind of reversed the Miami series. Okay. And I have no doubt they can win four in a row. I really don't. But they have to really change the way their offensive presence dictates throughout the game. They really do in order, if they want to excel. Right, and Embiid going underneath, I mean, I don't know. So many of them threes that they were taking, I mean, there was not one red shirt. Uh, they did wear red, I believe. <laughs> but the, there, was, there was not one shirt underneath. Like the like the, every there was no chance at a rebound because nobody was there. Quick shots. There it's was a just quick trigger. Nobody there. It's a quick trigger that and 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 that's that's the things that hurt. Okay, it's a quick trigger. Um, even on the uh, you know on the at, adverse effect when they come down and they you know they all crash the board and they they yep. had a bad shot and it turns into a fast break at the end of the court. So I, there's so many things. I, I I just think that. We can overcome this. I think people need to just, you know, just like Aaron Rodgers said, just, you know, relax. It's okay. You know, I I think we still scored 101 points. Well, if you take away. Still scored 101. Right. Take away two Ben Simmons turnovers and hit two more threes to bring you to a 23% shooting from three. And yep. guess what? All of a sudden, it's a tie ball game. You yep. know what I mean? In yep. reality. So these are very simple things to clean up. I mean, I think it's going to be a competitive series, but no, it's not a panic button time. I mean, you know, any game you could have th things break one way or another. I mean, I don't care if you're talking about baseball, a bad hop, air, run score. I don't care if you're talking about a football. Uh, you know what I mean? Your toe is one inch on the sidelines, no catch, turnover on downs. Call it what you want. You know what I mean? It's, there is, it's a bunch of little things that can add up to – you know, really caused a result in the game. So, we brought up Jason Tatum earlier. And and uh, shout out Sean Brace, who I was sitting with. And he'll, he'll back me up. Who I was sitting with before we were doing the PI Live uh, at the draft. And I told him before we even made the pick that I wanted Tatum. And when we picked Fultz, I said I thought maybe the wrong pick. I'm not saying, you know, the jury's still out. I get it. Okay, but when I see a game like Tatum showed on Monday night, it's what makes me think even more. You know what? Maybe, just maybe. I And listen, I, I don't like to sit here and say, I hope that I'm right, because that just hurts us eventually. But my whole thing is, Fultz can't play right now. Obviously, they don't trust him. Uh, you know, which which is, is, is kind of annoying, because this could have been maybe. I was watching, you know, I was watching the game, and watched it with one of my buddies, and, and the first thing he said was, this is the time you put in faults. You need a spark. You need a guy you can get to the rim right now, change the game. You need a spark, put him in. What do you have to lose? And, you know, I was like, ah, listen, he's not ready. I, you know, I kept saying I back Brent. I mean, I back Brett Brown saying, obviously, just put TJ in there, give him the spark. Fultz isn't ready for prime time. But you know what? Now that I think about it, maybe he was right. 
Let's see. Just you know, could it have hurt for five minutes to throw Fultz in there? Was he dressed? Yes, he was. Okay. Uh, it was on a bench with the the, the hoods. With the, I didn't they, even know if they had him dressed. Yeah, they, they had the hood. The hoods bother me. I don't know why. I don't get the hood. Okay, it's it, it's a hundred degrees in there. You're you're sweating. And you got a hood on. I don't I, I don't understand that. But um, I still think that maybe. And what do you have to lose? It's game one, right? It's game one. Let the kid get the ball. Maybe he gives you a spark. I don't know, but Jason Tatum just looks so polished. And and it just scares me. It scares me that, you know, we talked about this. Uh, actually, we talked about this on PI Live last week, who maybe um, we could compare who Markel Fultz could be. What is his, is his end game in the NBA? And I know that's unfair right now, because it, but, but it's always fun. And I said Sean Livingston. And I still think... That that's his his ceiling. Uh, let's not forget, Sean Livingston was uh, uh, an unbelievable talent. For he had that devastating knee injury. So I'm just saying that, I, you know, the jury's still out. Um, and I think this series would have been a nice series to say, okay, here's Tatum versus Fultz. Yep. You know what I mean? Let, let's. And unfortunately, we're not going to see that. And I'm kind of disappointed at that. Well, hey, you don't know how it's going to go. I mean, I'm. Unfortunately, who knows? Let's say game game two doesn't go the right way, going back home, and maybe you do it. You know what I mean? You you, you don't really know. I think he's got to get a couple minutes. He, he he deserves to get a couple minutes. I would agree. You have to. And, I mean, you have to open him up a little bit here. Well, you know, and, and you know, you mentioned about you wanted Tatum in the draft. I did. I was Colts, a big Tatum guy. Which, and you know, we don't know where they're going to go. I you mean, don't. This was draft was one year ago. We still don't know. You know no. what I mean? And and this is not a large enough sample size. To really say one way or another, but I think the biggest thing—I think that's—I think that's that's wrong, though. I, well, I don't. I don't. I, I never. I never agree with the whole. It's not a big enough sample size statement. I don't. I. I, I don't agree with that. Well, I, I think not. Not so much for Tatum, but for Fultz. If he never had that, put it. To, look, how did we get to this point? We got to this point because he got hurt, and when he started coming back, he lost his shot. I mean, why did he lose his shot? I don't know. Was I don't know. But it the, was a mental psyche kind of okay, thing. That's okay, that's possible. Mental psyche or injury or both combined. It Maybe was, the it injury. Was, it was Maybe. mental. Okay, but the bottom line is when he. I mean, that was something that you didn't necessarily see. I mean, did the scouts not find this mental issue in him? I don't know. Is could any of anyone I, have I, found I, it? I don't think and, it was. It was the scouts. I think it was. You know, he had a shoulder injury. Uh, something right. in his head. Got to look like he forgot how to shoot, and then start questioning his confidence in his own shot and in his own mechanics, and it just kind of steamrolled from there. And I'm just saying, I get what you're saying. Not to cut you off, I, I get what you're saying, but if if I have a kid, you know, who's in the NBA, who's number one pick overall, who's supposed to take me to the promised land, so to speak, or the missing piece to this big three, okay, in Philadelphia, and he can't get past a mental issue. It scares me because is that all, you know, if is we go through a 10, a 10 game winning streak, a 10 game losing streak, and I'm shooting 0 for 4 from the floor, does that mean I'm not going to know what to do? He still got the hiccup in his, in his foul, in his free throw, which is kind of strange. I still don't understand that part. So that's where I disagree with the sample size because I look at things like that 
and I don't need a sample size to say that I'm concerned with how he's going to develop over the next couple of years. And I think I, I think we're all concerned. I mean, we don't know. I, I think it's too early to say it's not going to work out, but things no, are, yeah, it's things, early things for are that. not it, things are not all peachy and looking in his favor at the moment because of the struggles he's gone through and he's going to have to make a major change to get out of this because we've seen athletes you could go one one way or another. You see athletes that say this isn't who I am and I'm going to overcome this and I'm going to prove all the naysayers wrong. You have other ones that start grumbling, start getting too much in their heads. And you know what I mean? And they take the downward spiral. So you don't really know which way he's going to go. It's too early to tell. But, yes, if you're talking about who, you know, seeing how things played out over the past year, who do I want? Yeah, my top pick, I want that surefire guy that I don't have to worry about. You know what I mean? And there, he got question marks. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. He has question marks. That's the problem. And and the the, the – the question marks to me here. Here's the just the last thing I'm going to say on this, and and this, you know, when you draft somebody, uh, you know, say you draft Jason Tatum, okay, you say you draft Jason Tatum, that's uh, you know what, screw Jason Tatum. Let's talk about Ben Simmons, okay? So you draft Ben Simmons. When you draft him, you know, you see what he did in summer league before he broke. You know, he had the injury in his foot. You seen he was going to be a player. You go back and you look at his his accolades and his film at LSU. And you say, wow, you know, that's the guy. That's the guy I know we have. You can't do that with faults. You know, you can't go back to his Washington footage and say, this is the guy. Because he. what happened was, yeah, you're right. He That is the guy you drafted. But something happened to him when he got here. And now, to me, all that film was invalid because... That just shows I don't know if you're ever going to get that guy back. Am I saying he's ever going to develop those skills again? No. Listen, you can tell this kid has pure talent, but does right. he have the mental moxie, the mental makeup to translate that talent into the NBA floor? And is he is he tough enough to go through uh, you know, a seven-game series? Is he tough enough to have a guy, and I'm going to go old school, a guy like Xavier McDaniel or Anthony Mason or John Starks from the old Knicks getting in his mug, getting in his ear, trash talking. Oh, yeah. You know, is Get he knock t- him off the game, right? right? It, I, I don't know. And that's what scares me. Jason Tatum showed me last night that he's game and he's ready, okay? He put his imprint, okay, on that court. You know, whether it changed down the road, I don't know. But he showed me a confidence about him. If I'm a Boston fan, it says, you know, this, this kid going forward. He's the real deal. Joel, for us, shows us a confidence factor in him going forward. But he's dropping 30. He's dropping, you know, he's going double-double, no problem. He's running the floor. We're okay. But when you got a guy sitting there and he has this mental block, you, you, there's no way you cannot be concerned. And you can't just throw it off and say, you know what, we'll be fine. Because at the end of the day, we, we still don't know. Well, we still don't know. Right. And, and your biggest hope is... Whatever this thing is, hey, it's a big transition going from college to the NBA, the game. I mean, everything. The life changes, and then this injury, and then his shooting, and there's so many things going on. But once again, I just want to go back to it's been one year. Think about what this kid has Now, you're right. You're right. You're right. But confidence was a perfect word. Yes, he does not have confidence. And all it may take is one thing, one game. I don't care if it's the worst team in the league next year come, you know what I mean, December. 
if he comes out and he has a game like Rozier had, you know what I mean? Rozier. I'm just saying, he has a game like that. No, I know. And for whatever reason, he goes and he hits seven for nine from three-point range. Not that that's necessarily, you know, how much he's going to be shooting out there. But if he has that breakout game, and you know what I mean? It's almost like sometimes a weight's lifted off your shoulders. And then you have to be able to continue and not continue the ups and downs of, you know, getting in a, 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 a funk versus, you know, and you have a good game. You kind of got to be a little even keel, but you got to be consistent. You know what I mean? You have to you have to be consistent in your approach, your confidence, and everything about your game. No, I, I completely agree with you. And, listen, jewelry's still going to be out. I don't think it's something we're going to find out this year. I'm really no. not. But, you know, let, let's see what happens. I'm, I'm still confident that hopefully he turns into what we think he's going to be. But, again, the questions are still going to remain. Hey, picture, picture him coming in in game two or game three, providing the spark, and they go all the way to the title. That'll snap him out of the funk real quick. <laughs> You know what I mean, yeah, I mean it, it, there's about a 1% chance, but, I mean, hey, you know what I mean? It happens. You no, always right. have somebody that's unexpected take over a game or a series. No, you're right. And, and, and listen, he'll, he'll be led in the right direction. just a matter of, will his head get in the way or not? That's all. Uh, speaking of youngsters, though, we're going to change this up a little bit because not only, not only do we have the Sixers to talk about, but we finally have some football to talk about. You know, on this, on this show, it's kind of been, you know, nobody really looked at the NFL draft as this crazy event only because we were drafted 32. Uh, you know, uh, you know, at least I say we as I talk about we as the Philadelphia Eagles drafted 32. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, anyone listening in Cleveland, I'm sure it was a, quite a different atmosphere. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're going to get to that pick in a minute. Uh, but uh, it, it didn't give off the same excitement only because – it was 32, but as it did get to that night, I can tell you, uh, you know, I was I was at a big draft party hosted by uh, uh, Wildfire Sports. Good time. Uh, shout out John Crichton, 215 Live. Did a great job setting it up. Uh, hung with, with, with a bunch of guys, Crack Bell Crew, Steve Lybrand, uh Fourth of John guys, uh, you know, E-Rock, Gail, Mike, you know, everybody out there. If I miss anybody, I apologize. But we were all sitting there in angst, you know, waiting for that 32. Uh, and, it, and the inevitable happened. <laughs> yep. Right? We, we, we talked about this for, for weeks. You know, we're going to – we want to hear the commissioner come out and say, you know, in Dallas, the world champions, you know, and it didn't happen. You know, obviously it came up on the screen, uh, you know, traded to Baltimore. Uh, I was a big fan of the move. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, great, great move by Howie Roseman again. Uh, you, you go back some spots. You pick up another pick in next year's draft. This, another second-round pick. Gives you 11 picks already for next year. Uh, and you haven't even had compensatory picks yet. So uh, it, it's going to be a big draft next year. But let's talk about this year. What do you think? What, let, 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 let's, we're going to get to the Eagles because we just talked to their trade. But let's just start at the top right away. Yeah, any do you have any clue Baker Mayfield going number one? I wouldn't say that I thought he was going number one. There were some um, rumors going around, but we weren't sure. Yeah, you don't know how much teams you know blow smoke and versus how much they're truthful. You know what I mean? They talk about Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, then they, you know what I mean? Or are they saying that because that's their guy, or are they saying that because they want smoke and mirrors? Right, right, exactly. So, do, do, what do you think about the Baker? I, I love. 
I love, love, I got a man crush on Baker Mayfield, okay? I have a man crush on Baker Mayfield. I've been talking to Baker Mayfield for months. I've been talking I've been talking about him for weeks. Uh, shout out Guy Wayman, uh, WNG Live. I do a show, me and Guy, every Monday, 4 o'clock, uh, and a sports rap. And I, we, we, he loves Baker. I love Baker. Uh, I just think he has the it factor. I think he has the moxie to be an NFL quarterback. I wouldn't. I'm not worried about size. I'm not worried about any of that. Okay, one thing's for sure: whether you go Rosen, Darnold, Allen, uh, Mayfield, they all have talent. Every single one of them has talent. All of them have shown that they can win on a high, you know, competitive level. Okay, but you always have to look at the intangibles. You always have to look at what else. Okay, what, you know, I'm not talking about accuracy. I'm not talking about arm strength. What else? And for me, this kid, he has the mental makeup. Okay, we just talked about that with Foltz, who may not have it. This kid has the mental makeup to lead a team. This is the guy that you rally around and stop with the Tim Tebow references. This is not Tim Tebow, okay? This kid has everything you need to be that guy on the sideline. He has that. He's going to bump the O line up. He's going to bump the receivers up. He's going to get you excited. He's going to give you everything he needs, and that's what Cleveland actually needs for that talent. They need as much excitement as possible. So I am one hundred percent all in with this pick. Yeah, I'm going to go back to what I said last <laughs> week. Um, you know, you got those four quarterbacks. Um, you know, nothing against Lamar Jackson, nothing against, you know, uh, Mason Rudolph, but those are the four. And, you know, I would even, even Josh Rosen, I may put as like 1B, you know what I mean? Like I, there's the big three and that's kind of how the draft played out. Yep. I don't, I don't know how it's going to turn out. You know what I mean? You look at the draft class of Manning, Rivers, and Roethlisberger that all went, you know what I mean, in the top half that's of the first round. a big three right there, but It is a big three, but... You know what I mean? Would you say one was better than the other? And now realize that championships are a team thing. So, I mean, yes, Rivers might take a knock. But, I mean, you also have the stats. So, you know what I mean? Out of those three. I mean, Rivers is the only one without a ring. Right. But but this is one. You could argue that he's the best of the bunch. Right. You could. Right. You really could. And, I mean, usually that's not how it plays out. Usually you have one, one or two that pan out and the other one or two won't. So I don't know how this is going to play out. If I was Cleveland and I have one and four and I'm sold that there's three quarterbacks out there that I would be willing to start my team with, I am either taking Chubb or uh, Saquon Barkley. Now, I know running backs, you know, taking them high, it's not really a smart thing. And You're I, talking about I number one? I would do it number one and take wow. whatever quarterback was left at four. That's what I would have done. That's it. But then, but then again, they passed on Chubb at four anyway. They did. And, and it's interesting you say that because, again, uh, we, we got some – finally got him on the, uh, you know, on the line this week to give me some quotes. Uh, you know, and Coach Dave checking in says the same thing as Mr. Coker over here. He feels that they could have got Baker at four. He he actually feels that, you know, they should have took – if they were that, they, they should have took Saquon at number one. Same thing he said. He says they should. Always, you know, you know, you hear about the running back position. You hear about, you know, he's not, he likes Baker. He says, but he had a good point. Okay, even though I I, I don't agree because I, I'm a big Baker guy. But you know, when was who was the last good quarterback in Cleveland? 
If you, Kozar. Yeah, God obviously, God. right? Bone and Kozar. We're going back to the 80s. Yeah, I know. It's it's like 40 years ago, but it's, that was the quickest it, off the right. top of your head. And, and that's answer. never, you know, yeah. you had a couple years with um, Vinny Testaverde. Uh, I still think, you know, Kozar. They're, you know, they went Tim Cow. The Tim Cow's experiment just killed that whole franchise. But at the end of the day, you know, Coach Coach Dave says, and he's right, you know, Bernie Kozar's a big guy, right? And you'll, you know this, John, from Big Ben. He's a big guy. You need a big guy in that division out there to be able to win you games. So he's questioning the physical aspects of Baker Mayfield in order to win games because of his size in that division with that hard-nosed game in Cleveland, in the elements out there, okay? So, listen, I, you know, you, none of us are wrong here. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have taken Saquon at number one. I still feel as though if I'm a GM, and I want my guy. I'm not taking any chances. If you know, if I'm drafted one and four, okay, I need to say to myself going into this draft, who's the who is the guy I want? And if that guy I want is Baker Mayfield. I'm not trying to figure out where I can get him. I'm figuring out where I'm taking him. And I want to be in control. And I think that's what Dorsey did. I think that's what Cleveland did. And I have no problem with it whatsoever. And you're absolutely right. That is the approach that you need to take. And obviously, they know more about these guys, especially Cleveland. I mean, they've, they've been doing research on this since probably week four last year. You, know I mean? you aren't even have to, through half the season. Absolutely. They're already researching. They're watching probably more college football than NFL football last year. But, yes, you're absolutely right. They they know these guys better than the media. They know these guys better than me and you. Oh. They, you know what I mean? Yep. They they spent so much time and not just one guy. I'm talking a whole, you know what I mean, a whole team, a whole franchise has spent time dissecting these players and what to do, all right? So they definitely know and if they truly believe that he's the guy, yes, that is the approach. Me as an outsider, and I don't know how many of these same guys are the same ones that took the couch and all these other guys. I mean, granted, uh, they are no longer with the team. Right. But the point is, your track record of, I'm confident this is my guy. Let me tell you, I'm not a risky type of dude. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, and I would do the, I would do the exact same thing in a fantasy draft. Not to necessarily say it's it, it falls along the same lines, but look, I got two picks and there's four guys that I want. Am I confident that I could get both, like the guy that I want at four? Like I'll t- I'll take a chance because I know I want one of these two. You know what I mean? If I want a, qu- a quarterback and there's three of them, and I need what a, I don't care, pick, take your position. And I know that I can have one of three drop if there's not much of a difference, or I'm not sure how it's going to play out. I'm taking the guy that I want because if you go quarterback, you know Barkley ain't there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So that's just me, and it's kind of hedging your bets. You know what I mean? I just don't think you can hedge your bets at this position. I I, I just don't think you can. Well, no, and and it's absolutely the Browns are confident in their pick, and me as an outsider, I sure as hell am not confident in their pick. And I I think what they said, and uh, we're going to take Baker, and I think they said, listen, if Saquon's there, he's our number one guy for four, and he wasn't. So I think that was, to me... And I don't think that's a problem either. To me, excuse me. I think that was their backup play. I think they said, we're willing to take Baker at one. We'd rather... We're more confident to say, if we take Baker at one, we get our guy. As opposed to saying, we're going to take Saquon at one. And hope Baker's there forward. If we can't get Baker, then we take, you know, Darnold. Or we take Allen. Okay, but instead, 
they figured that drop off to them was a lot less, a lot more severe than taking Baker at number one, and I think that's why they did it. Um, and that's, Saquon Barkley at two, I think, is a great pick. That, yeah, that's definitely why they did it. And I look at it, they could have came out of the draft with uh, Saquon Barkley and Sam Darnold. Instead, they. Came I mean, out. You, do you have a problem taking Barkley at number two if you're the Giants? No, I, I don't th- at I all. Think that's I think that's a great pick. I mean, when we talked, I thought you know my top five was going to be Darnold, Saquon, Mayfield, who was up at four, uh, Bradley Chubb. Yep, I thought it was going to be Chubb. Yep, Josh and that, Allen. Yep. So um, uh, yeah, it it didn't quite play out that way, but I mean, I don't know the the Ward pick surprised me. Like, I think that surprised you know I mean? a lot As of people because you know that you're going to have. Like, you already know who's going to go ahead of you. So, right. as much time as they put into researching them quarterbacks, they need – so, hey, once again, maybe maybe they saw something in the kid and they said, this is our guy, and that's why we're going up to get Baker Mayfield. Because I don't care, you guys could talk about Chubb or Barkley, and maybe he said, this is our guy. You don't know what was in their mind, but um, – It's really I, high, though. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and when you think about this and – you know, me, me, and, me and Coach Dave were talking about this because Coach Dave says the same thing. He doesn't like the Denzel Ward pick. Uh, he, he can't believe they pass on Bradley Chubb. And, and he's got a good point because, you know, and I, and I asked him this, and it was early in the morning when we were talking, but, you know, who, if you think about it, over the last 10 to 15 years, how many corners taken in the top five, you know, or even top 10 panned out? Not a lot. Not a lot at all. Yep. One thing we you do know going into an NFL draft, there's two positions, okay? And I, and, and I remember this, shout out Andy Reid, okay? One thing about Andy Reid and Big Red, the one thing I always liked, what he said was you win the game in the trenches, right? You win the wars, you win the battle in the trenches. Offensive line, defensive line. And if you go through the history of the NFL draft, uh, you know, just don't look at the Robert Gallery picked by Oakland. But if you okay, but if you go through the history of the NFL draft, you usually offensive line, yep. defensive line, you're going to hit on one of those guys. So I think you know, I think that's where Coach Dave was going. You know, why do you take a corner of four when you get a defensive end in Chubb sitting there at five? You could probably get a good corner in the second round, in the third round. Okay, at that point, even though they did get one, but even at that point. At four, I, I would have took Chubb. That would have been my pick. Right. Yeah, no, I think I think so too. But, you know, Denver, man. I'll tell you what, did you see uh Vaughn Miller's reaction when they uh, when they drafted Chubb? Oh yeah. He was ecstatic just imagining what that uh defense is gonna look like. Oh, you're right. You know I mean I mean again, if you just look at how it all played out, you know, it kinda it went a little differently than expected. Just like every draft. What draft ever goes the way you expect? What were there, thir- 36 trade oh. pick trades or something? It, it, was it was get Yeah, it was getting to be a little uh, ridiculous. You know what I mean? It was nuts. But I mean, it was it was exciting. And uh, it, I'll tell you, me personally, it was enjoyable to see almost every team in the league jostling for positions. You know what I mean? Whether it's Philly going up to take uh, – Dallas right ahead of Dallas, you know what I mean? Well, that's good you or, that or up. Whatever it may be. It was nice to see teams were jostling, man. They're like, look, they were. I got to do this. And, they're, and, and you're seeing movement based on what they know as opposed to sitting back and saying, 
look, I know Dallas just had Witten, you know what I mean, retire. I hope this tight end falls to me. No. You go out, you make the move to go and get your guy. You that know? was that, that was a great move. And let's talk about the, our, you know, our, or I should say my, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, but uh, what they did, okay, we, we, we preluded to the fact that we they trade the pick, so we all obviously know that. I think that was a good move. And they bump up to get Dallas Goddard, Goddard mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard, who is saying he's another Zach Ertz. Uh, but, hey, listen, this was a position of need, right? We went into this season. You lost Brad Selleck. You lost Trey Burton, who I still really liked Trey Burton. I think he's going to be a really, really, really productive player in the NFL. But you add a guy, you watch the footage. This guy looks like a beast. He really does. Um, they're very excited to get him. They jumped ahead of Dow, which is great. And, you know, they go to the war room with Jerry Jones. Looks like he just somebody just stole his lunch money. He's got that sour they got sour face. Jason Witten, he I mean Jason Witten, Jason Garrett sitting there looking like he ain't got a clue, just like he does on the sideline. Okay. They didn't know what to do. And, you know, that was the that was the perfect swan song for them to be able to draft a guy named Dallas in Dallas. Okay, for like, Dallas, right? For Dallas, when their 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 historic tight end announces that day he's going to retire, so great, great, great move by Howie. Uh, I I, I kind of think it was more of a Joe Douglas kind of move. I don't think it was all Howie. I think Joe Douglas said, "This is the guy you got to take," and I, and they jumped up to get him. And, and kudos to them. I but, was a real I, I was a fan of their draft. I was. I, I like what the Eagles did uh, with the limited picks they did. They didn't squander a bunch of things away. I know people are saying, so I'm going to ask you about, people are saying uh, they're about the running back. Oh, they didn't grab, they didn't draft the running back early, so they draft Josh Adams. Uh, they didn't draft him, undrafted guy. What do you know about Josh Adams? Is, not much. Not much, not right? Much. Local nope. kid, right? No. Nope. Local kid uh, was a baller well, at Notre Dame, right? Was and, a baller. And that's that's one of the positions that, that's, that, that's where you could take a chance. And you said you the game's won in the trenches. If you have good blocks and good vision, you know what I mean? That's 90% of it. You know what I mean? You, you can get by without, you know, sub 4-4 four, four speed when you're talking about the running back position. Do you have good hands? Do you have good things? But, you know what I mean? It's really a role player. I'm not saying you could just put anyone back there and have them do what they have to do. But I think it's easier to find hidden gems and guys. If you have a, a five-foot hole that your offensive line did for you, you're going to get four yards. You may not break the long one. You may not get 20 yards. But you open up the hole, and almost any NFL running back is going to be able to run through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like their draft. I don't know how much. I don't know if Dallas was absolutely going to take Goddard, but let me ask you this: Jason Witten, if you're if you're going to retire, okay, and you've been with this team, I mean, you do it on the day of the draft. Yeah, I, was I don't kinda, know. I'm just that was kind of strange. I'm I'm curious about the timing, and especially. You know, all right, so you talk it over. I understand, you know, he was offered the position, you know what I mean, the, in the booth. So you talk it over with Jerry Jones, and shouldn't the answer be, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna wait a day to announce this? But I also don't know if the if his new role was announcing it, too, that they came on board. Yeah. I, what is, he's with Fox, right? Uh, is it Fox? Not who? 
Waiton? Waiton, yeah. No, he said he's going to join the Monday Night Football. Oh, right? yeah, Monday Night. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I guess he's going to take over Well, Google's. right, so I don't know if they announced it or what, but I'd be like, yeah. if I was Jerry Jones, I'd be like, yeah, Jason, let's uh, just think about that one more day. Let us get through the draft and get Dallas Goddard, and then you can say whatever yeah. you want. I mean, you, know you would I mean? think. It he was basically really strange. It's like, okay, you just lost your starting tight end. You already knew Dez was gone. You know what I mean? So it's like Dallas has to draft a weapon. He has to draft them something, whether it's a tight end or a receiver. So, you know, just the timing of that was very um, odd, I guess. You know what I mean? Listen, man, you know, Josh Adams, uh, again, to get back to him, because obviously, you know, you you look at our running back situation. It came out that we re-signed Darren Sproles. uh, So we'll see what he has left. Uh, I still think he'll he'll be a a good piece going forward. Uh, You still don't know what Donnell Pumphrey is going to do. I'm really done with Wendell Smallwood. You have Jay Ajayi, obviously, who's going to be your lead back. Corey Clement, another undrafted, unsung hero, right, who comes in, who plays a role. And maybe this Josh Adams from Warrington, Prospects County, okay, he had a good year last year. I mean, you're talking 1,386 yards, over seven yards per carry, nine touchdowns. I mean, he was able to carry the load out there, you know, for Notre Dame. So we'll see what he does in camp. This could be one of those diamonds in the rough i'm really not sure why he dropped uh you know actually me and coach they were talking about that this morning i'm not sure what what happened i didn't see any medical concerns maybe it was just because he only had one decent year i'm not sure but again i mean obviously the eagles targeted this guy because as soon as the draft was over it came out they signed him it was like right 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 off the bat you know 10 minutes in to the free agent signing period he was already you know scooped up by the eagles so again a lot of interesting a lot of interesting things that happened in the draft maybe one of the most interesting was the guy the eagles selected in the seventh round who they moved up to select in the seventh round you know the, the rugby player from australia here's a guy you know, they project him to be an offensive tackle out of, you know, out of city. I mean, this guy, he just looks like a monster. You watch him just barreling over people in highlights. And But you know what? This is the time that you take a chance on a guy like this because it's a seventh-round pick. Seventh, yeah. You know, either you're going to play in the NFL – or you're going to go back to driving the septa bus. Either way, I mean, that's what you're going to do. Or you're going to be playing rugby right. in Australia. Or you're going to go back country. and play rugby in Australia, right. throwing boomerangs around or whatever they do out there. Okay, but, you know, I don't have a problem with the pick. Now, you know. I'm, I'm just curious that they really thought this dude was going to go in the seventh round. They had to move up to get him. I don't know what the what did they what did they offer up? Was uh, it they like moved a, up like twelve uh, spots? I think right. And what they what uh, they give it was probably like another seventh round or sixth round. I mean, uh, yeah. you're, you're you're talking peanuts. But, right. They moved up from I think like two fifty one to two thirty three. So enough to where they thought, you know, we want know, this it, guy. It, uh, yeah, yeah. We want this guy. Hey, you know what? You know what? So bad. Let's okay. see what happens. Yep. Um, you know, it's it, it's hard. It's it, it's. A different position that we're in, right? We're in a luxury now that we can afford to take chances. Um, now, as I, as Coach Dave, we got our, our good buddy Mikey Gucek's in calls. You know, our man Jordan, the, the 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 thunder from down under, so to speak. But he wasn't too happy about the draft. Okay, he he specifically, you know, with the ignored linebacker position, which I have to I have to tell him, uh, I agree. You know, that was one of the. I know we signed some death picks uh, in the offseason, but I, I thought we'd have drafted a linebacker. Now, we did draft Josh Sweat in the fourth round, okay, who 
he, he is a defensive end, but he they could try him in a linebacker spot. He's fast. Uh, this is a guy who could have been a first-round talent uh, if it wasn't for the knee, the knee concerns. Uh, but this guy can get to the quarterback. So uh, a lot of people are saying one of the steals of the draft was Josh Sweat. So I don't I don't disagree. I like that pick. So maybe that is kind of like your backup linebacker, so to speak. Maybe you actually did ignore it. And let's not forget, you know, Wentz, Ajayi, and Darby. That's three picks that technically from this draft, right? So at the end of the day, you went into this draft already with that big three. So you can't really, you can't really, you know, be upset, so to speak. But you know, uh, Muggy Goose always has good, good quotes, man. Good quotes. I, I love this dude. I can't wait to get him on the show. Roseman should stick to bean counting and not trying to draft rugby players. That's where he was. <laughs> okay, he he didn't like. He wasn't a big fan of our man Jordan out there in Sydney, Australia. You know what I mean? But yo, know, Mike, Muggy Goose, give it a little time, brother. Give it a little time. I mean, you never know this guy. This guy could either be who was the uh, who was the lineman uh, King Dunlap, right? He oh, was like, yeah. yeah, he was like a human turnstile for about three years till so he went to San Diego. So you know, he could either be another King Dunlap or uh, Winston Justice. Uh, you know, a la I get run over on every Monday night football game, or maybe you know, maybe it could be a success story. Maybe we turn into the next Sean Andrews. I'm not sure, but uh, I don't have a problem with the pick at all. Well. I mean, let me ask you about like a couple other things out there. Yeah. What, what do you think about uh, Jackson going to the Ravens? With the the spot that you guys traded out of. Yeah, actually, that I thought that was a great move. I mean, Flacco was never worth what they paid him, and he ain't getting any younger. Well, that's the thing. He's not getting any younger. Um, you take a guy who, let's face it, everybody wonders – what this guy is going to project to be because we really don't know. He was the one question mark at the quarterback position, but I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's a great move. I was shocked. I I still thought New England at twenty three was taking was taking was taking Jackson. I had a I, feeling too. Yeah. I, I I was really surprised they didn't do it. Which I do like what they did in the draft, by the way, too. But yeah, I think that was a great move by Harbaugh. And I'm really not, and I'm not overly thrilled having to see him twice a year as a Steeler fan. You know what I mean? I, I'm not saying now, but. If, if if he has that scramble ability when things are covered and knows when to take off, he's going to give the Steelers fits, I'm telling you. Uh, he definitely is. I mean, he, you know, he could be, you know. Uh, he can't throw four picks a game is what it's going to come. You know what I mean? He's going to be true. able to manage the game and read the defenses, but his scramble ability. Any, anything else that stuck out your well, mind that you were surprised in the draft in the first round? I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of interesting picks, man. A lot of a lot of centers. Did you ever see so many centers go in the first round? Yeah, that yeah. that was really odd. Yep. You know, and, and of course, at twenty and twenty one, you get two teams, Detroit and Cincinnati, who never do good, uh, and they pick two centers back to back. I mean, yep. who would have thought of that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That I mean, listen, I'm not saying the center position is is not important, but I also remember. That we went to the Super Bowl with a, in Philly with a guy named Honey Buns as our as our center. I think we got straight from a pie eating contest at one of the local uh, one of the local fairs, and we put him right in the, in the play, and he played well. I'm not saying it always happens, but to take your 20th and 21st pick on a center, I mean, unless he's unless he's a guy like Pouncey, uh, you know, a guy like Jeff Saturday, uh, I don't know. I don't say it. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say I'm a little 
disappointed that the Steelers did not. I was going to say, you like Evans? You like Terrell Evans? I'm, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that pick. I mean, they definitely need help back there. I mean, uh, you know, was he the best available guy back there? I don't know. But they didn't do anything to help right now. I mean, they're trying to get Lev Bell signed. You already got Ben. You got Brown under contract. And, yes, you got to look towards the future. They I traded mean, Martavis Bryant at the Martavis, draft, right? Which they ended up flip, flipping for Ben's potential, potential predecessor. Yeah, <laughs> and Mason Rudolph. Well, back up now. But, but Well, and which, yeah, and I wonder if that when they kept seeing Mason Rudolph fall, I mean, they, they already got James Washington, his go-to receiver. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Combining them two isn't a bad theory, but now you got, okay, so you got a corner and then you got nothing else to really help the team. Like, those two are great for the future. I mean, I like Washington, but was he a critical pick to get us over the hump? You know what I mean? To get to the big dance? I I don't think this year. You know what I mean? I think it's a good strategic move moving forward. But, I mean, at some point, you got to figure out, are you drafting to win now or later? And you got to balance it. I think, I, I think they're drafting to win later. Well, and that's what they are. That's, that's what I, I think, think, well, and hopefully, and I mean, I liked a lot of the, um, after the draft, a lot of the uh, guys that they signed. You know what I mean? You know, that depth. All you need is to hit one or two of that's them. That's all you need. You know I mean? They're, that's all you need. Um, so, I mean, I did like a bunch of those guys. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, ne- next big date is June 1st cuts. You know what I mean? See how those things go. I still think I, I'm still a firm believer that I think at 32, the Eagles were were set on drafting Sony Michelle. I still yeah. think that they were, and I think the Patriots trumped them, which that's why it, I think that I think the Eagles still were going to get back in, the, in into the second round by trading something from next year. But I think they were they were banking on Sony Michelle. I think they were going to draft him at 32. Uh, but you know the Patriots trumped them. That's what changed everything. But you know the the best part about the NFL draft is that it's springtime, and, yep. and, and right. And, and the one thing that's synonymous with spring is NFL draft. It's always that last weekend in, in, in April. You know, weather. Even though I should say weather should be nice, but it still feels like freaking winter out here half the time, which is ridiculous. I think it was it was wet snow like a week ago. Uh, I I still don't understand it, but. You know, it brings up a, a a good thing like spring. Like when you get, when you talk about spring, not only do for me, I think baseball. I think you know, obviously, you know, the Phillies who they're, they're still doing pretty well. They're hitting a, a couple, you know, a couple a couple strides here and there. A couple negative strides, or they're, they're they're getting there. They'll be all right. But you know, what what is what for you? You asked us, you know, beforehand, and I didn't get a chance to talk about it, so uh, it's going to kind of be ad lib conversation, which we love to do here on the Heat Ratio. But what, your first day of spring, first things of spring. What what's the your first? What, what would you say, spring? 65, 70 degree day. Uh, yeah. What's well, that it, first it all, thing it you look de- forward to doing? Yeah, it all depends when it hits. When right. you're co- when you're coming out of a forty to degree streak, if you hit sixty five, <laughs> no, I mean, if you that's come out of twenties and you hit fifty, right, it's a spring right. day, right? But you got to be able to get out there in shorts and a t shirt oh. first, or, or it don't count. Well, wait, so, shorts though. I never put away my shorts. Well, that, yeah, right? that's we're, your we're, problem. We're, I have a thirty degree rule in my house: uh, thirty and below pants, thirty above is shorts. Yeah. I'm a short guy. All right. Yeah, you're. Well, I mean, I some re- of us have a little more hair on our legs, so to speak, and able to be able to wear shorts. Just say it. But go ahead. Is that what we're going to be doing off air? Comparing <laughs> hair legs? 
Uh, you know, growing up, to me, it was that first day, was that first day you and all the boys got together, went and played basketball, man. You'd have 20. Well, was 20. it basketball or crate ball? No. no I played crate ball. No, no, this was. Real the, basketball? Yeah. Ble- Chains yeah. or nets? Nets. Okay. Because half, you, we would end up bringing our own nets down because yeah. it was just like, you know what I mean? The little courts or whatever. Yep. Well, the one court had had the change, but that that was my thing. Now, you know, a little bit older. Now, there's two things that I look to do. Okay. One is the old man sport of golf. I love the, golf. That, at first. I suck at it, but I love it. Yeah, that first day, man, I I, I was standing in the driveway the other day, and I, I was doing. Driving? No, no, drivers no in the driver. I, I had no club in the hand. <laughs> I'm just I'm mentally going through my swing. But, I mean, the other thing. How can you not just want to go to a bar and sit out on their deck and oh, have a beer? It's a beautiful thing. It is. You know, it's funny you say that because I'll bring up a couple things. It's funny. First, the golf thing. Uh, you know, I, again, I'm terrible. Uh, you know, because I, I love when you get into a golf talk and people talk about golf. I go, yeah, I go, oh, yeah, well, what's your handicap, dude? Why are you even talking about handicap? Like, if you're talking about, if my first question to you is, what's your handicap? Me and you have no reason to we're talk. We're not golfing together. Yeah, we're not talking. <laughs> all right? Because I don't even know what that is. But, no, but no, I, I love the golf, uh, you know, all my own. I think it's great. It, it's such a, a mind-relieving re- sport. It really is. But you mentioned basketball. And for those out there listening, I, I, John, I think this was a city thing. You were in Pittsburgh at that time, so you might not know what this is, but. We I grew up in, in in Northeast Philadelphia, okay, and you know we had driveways where I grew up, where you we were in the back, where now everybody has a driveway in the front. My driveway was in the back. I had an alleyway, I guess you would say. Yep. And you remember the Jordan Jammer? No. See, so the Jordan Jammer was plastic basketball on that that adjusted up to about seven feet, made the short guy like me feel like I could dunk. You know, I got to get my 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 uh, my Wheaties commercial, okay, right out my driveway. All right, so we set up two Jordan Jammers, okay, one on one, and we used to play full court in the driveway. Jordan Jammer basketball, dude, it was it, it was for the we're doing reverse dunks, we're doing highlight, right? Yeah, you're laughing over there, but you know that 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 was when we people in my neighborhood knew it was springtime. It's like, oh. There's 30 kids deep out in the driveway. Yep. We got subs rolling in the board. But now you talk about having a beer outside. See, now for me, you know, I always, I'm a shore guy. I'm a shore kid. I'm a beach kid. You know, the one thing I look forward to is that first spring day, I want to get in my car. I want to drive down to the boardwalk in Wildwood. And I want to get up. In the, and I'm not Ocean City. I'm a Wildwood guy. Okay, for all you, I'm a Wildwood guy. And I want I want my I want to go to Curly's and get my fries. I want to walk into Sam's Pizza and get my Sam's Pizza, and I just want to relax. That for me, you know, that's what I look forward to on my first spring day. And I do. We go down, and it's great. You go down to shore before um, before Memorial Day. It's free parking. Okay, there's no oh, yeah. meters, right? You know, it, it's empty. You got everything to yourself. That's what I look forward to. I really do. Yeah, unfortunately, this time of year, while while we may get to <laughs> seventy five, you go down there, it's about fifty with a fifteen mile an hour breeze. Yeah, they the got a twelve foot tidal wave. Yeah. you have to watch out because Mother Nature never know what she's going to do. Yeah. But now, man, I mean that that I, I love the spring. I just hope that this weather finally does break 
And, uh, you know, it looks like it may. I think we're going to hit 90 this week, which is ridiculous. That's the thing. You, you have, like, no more springtime anymore. You know, it just goes from one to the other. It's crazy. It really is. As long as I don't see no more snow for the year. Yes. I think that's, on that note, I think we're good. <laughs> that, well, it, it was like a record number of Major League Baseball games that yes. were delayed. You know yes. what I mean? Because really of the snow. Well. Yeah. I mean. Every, it, I think there was a whole series in Chicago. Like a whole weekend series was just shot. For whoever out there still does not believe in global warming, all you need to do is look at these weather trends. Okay. It's just something that you'll never see. Uh, it's just unheard of. It really is. But we're going to wind this down. Another, another great, great show. Uh, always fun talking about everything. Uh, obviously, this was heavily dominated Sixers talk, uh, draft talk because uh, you know that they, they were the best at the time. I mean, obviously, we're coming right off of it, so we'll get back to our normal four for four, five for five, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're gonna be here on your Wednesdays from twelve to one. Download us anytime on Twitter at the Heat Ratio. Keep the support coming. Numbers go up every month. I can't wait to see what we hit in April. Uh, and, and again, you know, tune in for for your coast, for your host. I should say. I'm making myself the co-host. Maybe we'll we'll switch roles every <laughs> now and then, right? Uh, for your host, I'm Tony Catillo at T Catillo 23. Again, for my co-host, John Coker at PGH John 36. Get out, enjoy the weather, have a beer. I got a line in Kugels in front of me right now. That's my favorite thing, my summer shandy. It's hit me hard. So again, have a great week, and we will see you all Wednesday. Take care. <laughs>